0: Would you have a look at that? Look at that! Huh? How does that look? Oh, how cool is new shit? That's what it's all about. I'll be honest. This shirt actually isn't even mine. I've already sold it. But you know what I do? I ask for permission. I wear it on the podcast and here I fucking am anyway. Hello and welcome. This is a Black Ink Podcast number 37. My name is Jake Kerr. I'm your gracious host. I would like to thank you for joining me today. If this is your first time, put your seatbelt on, buckle up. It's about to get bumpy because I don't know what the fuck I'm going to talk about. And if you're a return listener, thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your trust and thank you for your courage in giving me the next 45 minutes uh, to talk about whatever the fuck accidentally pops into my mind. So here we go. Now, let me touch base. The last episode that I uploaded was actually the one that I rec- i recorded on Saturday the eighteenth when I was coming home from the Perth motorcycle show. Now, the audio audio quality is absolutely fucked because I was driving my car. I was sitting on one hundred and twenty k's per hour. I was coming home from Perth. I just wanted to get home. I was excited, I was on a high, I was talking about shit that, um, obviously I was talking about some indicators about what the day meant for me and how I was feeling kind of coming home from Perth and with the results that I had. Uh, uh, The storm has calmed a bit, right? So now it's, for me it's Tuesday, which means it's Wednesday for you. I, uh, you know, so I've got four days, I've got three sleeps under my belt now since when that happened and I'm just like, obviously I can assess the whole situation a little bit better. Now. I did record a podcast yesterday, but I went off on these crazy tangents that, I don't know. It's one of those things when I record these podcasts, I do want to get passionate about what, what I'm talking about. I do want to get lost in what I'm, talking, what I'm talking about, but I also don't want to just fucking, I don't know. Sometimes you go on these long journeys or on these long paths of these uh, ideas or of these thoughts, and it's not that I don't exactly believe in what I'm saying it's sometimes I let myself be the captain of the ship but I also let go of the wheel and I feel that the ship sometimes will start to point towards an iceberg and then I start to like turn the conversation into like reasoning for how the iceberg is a good thing if that makes sense if you follow my metaphor so I just felt like normally the podcasts that I finish recording and I have a certain amount of anxiety about them or I have some sort of like Angst about posting them because I know that people listen to them and I know it might be a bit disruptive about their opinions Or their thoughts or it might jade their idea of how they see me or see me through a different light And they're usually the good ones. They're usually the ones that people respond to but this here was like I mean one of the arguments that I made was that people with cancer um, I don't even want to fucking get into it, eh? like it's just so stupid It's one of those things that like I would try I tried to make an example to back up an analogy that I made and one of the examples was like just going so far off the deep, and it's like, okay, bro, like you could have just made your point without going that far. But unfortunately, I did hit on heaps of things that I was talking about that you know were kind of valid and were really, um, I don't, I don't know, it's hard for me to say if anything's interesting when I post these because I uh, trust me, I still feel like everything that I talk about, I don't know why people listen to it, but they do, so I continue to do it. And on that note, did you know? In the Apple iTunes, um, yeah, in the Apple Podcast like categories, they have all these different categories. Mine, uh, I think you can choose where yours goes, but it's one of those things where like, you pick these like categories and then categories and then categories and then you pick like, if that wasn't the best fit for your category, what other category would it be? And, I think this podcast organically falls into the personal journal category of podcasts, which obviously personal journal means that I kind of have some sort of, um, oh yeah, I, I think a journal is just a weird, I mean, that kind of says that I'm just reflecting on my experiences. Yeah, I guess it kind of, it is a bit of a personal journal. I think because I relate what a journal is to a written journal so much and like, in no way is what I talk about what I would talk about in my own journal, but fuck it, I'm just saying that's the category that I'm in. And apparently in the past 90 days, in the past 30 days, sorry, I'm ranked number 98 in the world. Top 100, which I don't know. If you're an artist and you released a song and you're in the Triple J Top 100, that's kind of a big deal. So I guess being in the top 100 for that particular category within iTunes. And this is a thing. Here's my podcast here, right? And I post it on YouTube itunes spotify deezer google Podcasts, and another one and then obviously within like just one of those lanes is is the is the apple podcast and then within that lane there's all these different like categories and genres and subgenres and all the rest and the thing that i'm excited about is being top 100 in the past 30 days in one specific category but it's still a win you know what i mean top 100 that's fucking wild i'm on episode number 37 i shouldn't be in the top 100 but i am you know why because apparently your boy talks about some shit that's interesting. And like, dude, I don't know whether they measure this off fucking, um, what's it called? I don't know whether they measure it off views whether if they measure it off subscribers or whether they measure it off how far people listen to the podcast or whether they measure it off how quickly people listen to your podcast after you post it. I don't know what the measurements are. And quite frankly, I don't fucking want to find out because then it might ruin this fucking high that I've got. So at the moment, I'm just cruising with the idea that I am top 100 in the personal journals podcast section of the iTunes podcast library on the internet, you know? Anyway, enough about how fucking good my podcast is. Moving forward, what I do want to talk about is what I talked about on yesterday's podcast that I didn't post. And that is what I took away from the experience on the weekend at the Perth Motorcycle Show. Now, let's start from the beginning. So just in case you're not up to date, you don't know what's going on, you understand what's going on. So I went to the Perth Motorcycle Show on Saturday that's just been, which was the 18th of September. I got there at about 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no. no, I left here at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's funny because I left here at 6 o'clock in the morning and I gave myself plenty of time to like stop a couple times, you know, coffee break. uh, I need to get fuel, you know, take a piss maybe. I had those um, racks that I was talking about that I got for free They were tied down on the roof. So obviously like being an ex-truck driver, I can't help but stop 10Ks down the road. Double check that my load is all strapped down nice and safe and you know, if I need to add a rag somewhere to stop it rattling or whatever. So I had all that kind of booked in and I thought, well, six o'clock, I've got to travel 200 kilometers. I'm probably going to get there around 8.30. Don't ask me how the fuck it happened, but through bad weather and stopping half a dozen times, I still got there at eight o'clock. So obviously Southern River's like pretty far south. It's like southeast of the city. So I think once I was off the freeway, it was like 10 minutes of like doing 70Ks an hour and I was pretty much there. Now, let me start by saying let me start by saying this is really fucking important because like i had this conversation with first larissa and then my dad and it's such a um i want to call it like a defining a defining uh let's call it a defining moment you know i think that's a little bit precious for what i'm trying to say but in a certain way it definitely like gave me some sort of like it it gave integrity to my backbone while i already had a backbone This made me stand up just a little bit straighter, pull my shoulders back and be like, you're the motherfucker doing this. And as I say in all my other podcasts, don't think that I say these things as if I'm bragging. I'm saying these things so that I can help empower you in whatever you're trying to do. And I'm not trying to be motivational or inspirational. I'm trying to be a fucking human, right? I'm trying to be a human. And the beautiful part about being a human is we have heaps of other people around us that are humans. And they're doing really good things and they're doing really shit things and they're doing everything else in between. And the awesome part is if you see any human, any human you can possibly think of, your neighbour, your partner, me, Post Malone, fucking anyone, if you see anyone doing anything, that means it's possible for, you, possible for you because they are human and you are human, right? So this comes from a non-egotistical point of view. This is me breaking down what I'm thinking about, what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, the actions that I'm taking, the reasons why I'm taking them and the fucking results that they're rendering. And I'm not saying that all the results are good either. I have plenty of bad results that I share with you. And I. this is the thing, like maybe you take out of that something that you don't want to do, or if you're going to do something similar, you can see the catalyst or indicator where that started going wrong for me, and you cannot take that same action so it works for you. So again, whatever you take away from this is for free. I hope you take something away from this, and I hope you learn from, from my mistakes and my failures and my successes and all the rest. So I was fucking... I think I already have talked about this on the podcast, but I'm going again because fuck you, you know, so on Friday night, I think I was, yeah, so I was like talking to Riz in the bathroom and I was saying, you know, tomorrow I'm going to go to this show um, that I haven't been to before. It's not like I've been there without black ink or, you know, I've been there in the past or I've even heard about it. You know, it's just, I'm going to this show tomorrow. I know a few people that are going, a lot of people that know me are going because If you're not up to speed at the moment, my Instagram has kind of, um, and obviously like the majority of my presence is basically my Instagram page. I see my Instagram page as my storefront. My Instagram, my Facebook, my TikTok and my YouTube are my storefront because I don't have a physical storefront. So therefore I'm relying on the foot traffic, which is my reach, my digital reach to see what I have on offer, what I am selling, what I, you know, the products that I produce. I uh, I rely on the foot traffic, my reach of, of my digital presence to sell the things that I'm trying to sell. And obviously that's how I make my living. Now, with that in mind, a lot of people know me, but I don't know a lot of people. And I've kind of been, I wouldn't say blowing up because I've only got like 1,400 followers at the moment. So it's definitely not following. Uh, it's definitely not blowing up, but I've been compounding the interest and the like subscribership, if that's even a word, of the people that are following me. So I've gone from like, 700 and something followers in June this year. It's now September this year and I'm at 1,450 something as of this morning, right? So heaps of new people have either heard of me or following me, maybe they've seen me peripherally, maybe they they know me in like the back of their mind somewhere and this was the first time where I'm gonna make a physical appearance with like a shop front, a pop-up shop, you know, like a marquee, some racks, a table, all the rest. So I had everything packed first thing Friday morning actually because I like to give myself a full 24 hours, I set all the marquee and everything up in my backyard. I made sure it looked all good and then I packed it all into my car from there so I knew I had the rest of the day to let other things like pop into my mind like, oh, you might need an extension lead. You might need a four-way board. You might need a phone charger. You might need a charger for your laptop. You might need your laptop. You might need a whiteboard. You might need a pen and paper. All these things that you don't think about and you definitely don't wanna be remembering them 10 minutes before you leave and end up being late to the whole event because you were too busy packing shit in that you eventually didn't end up using anyway so friday night i've got everything packed into the car um you know like everything that i can possibly do is done you know what i mean down to like i've checked the oil and water in my car all i need to do in the morning is get fuel on the way i've got enough fuel to get me to perth but the point is you know don't rely on don't get there and have an empty tank you want to get there and have half a tank sort of thing so i was like cool everything's all prepared i was having this conversation with larissa in the bathroom and i said you know tomorrow i'm going to this event I know maybe half a dozen people that are going and like realistically, I'm only really friends with like two or three of them. So two or three people that at some point during the day, they're going to like one of them was a friend of mine who was going to come and visit my stall and just show his support and all the rest. Uh, another one, he was, you know, he was one of the athletes there who was doing the wheelie, uh, the Harley wheelies and that. Now he, like obviously his, his arrival he's got his own thing to do. He's there to do his own thing. That's, he's, he's not there to help me. He's not, don't even assume that he's gonna come over to my stand. Obviously he did cause he's a good bloke, but coming from my point of view, it's like, it's not like I'm relying on meeting him when I get there. And the other blokes like, they're also doing their own thing. They, no, no one's going specifically to help me. You know what I mean? They have it in their plan to say hello to me. Sure, they might come and check out the, the, the setup and that, but realistically, they're not coming for me. So I'm going to this show right i've never done a pop-up before i've never done i've never been to this show i don't have anyone to help me and i've i'm taking a whole bunch of stock like this is a thing like you say oh yeah you just your first pop-up show hey here's a question for you if you're in my position what do you take so i've got 20 different items on my website right what do i take what sizes do i take how much of them do i take and don't forget you don't have all the money in the world to play with so whatever stock that you take you have to pay to have that created and then take it with you right so i was going up there with i think 40 something garments and all different sizes and run rah, 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 around like do i take one rack do i take two racks you know it's two racks with it all spread out more aesthetically pleasing or do i put it all on one rack so i've got heaps of stuff you know, and like when I get there, am I gonna have power? Am I gonna have water? Is there gonna be food? All these things, you know. And I said to Larissa, you know, I'm going into this literally just like blind. I'm just trying to see if I can do it. You know, see if it's gonna work, ra right ra. Right. And the the interesting part was like when I said it out loud, I kind of actualized what it meant. Because as far as like I was nervous, the thing that I was nervous about, I think, was just the unknown. I wasn't nervous that I was gonna fail. I wasn't nervous that I was going to embarrass myself somehow. I wasn't nervous that like I wouldn't be able to make friends once I'm there and all the rest. I was just nervous because I didn't know what I didn't know what the event would be. I didn't know what the location would look like, and you know I stopped and I said to Riz, I said, "Yeah, but I'm the motherfucker who's doing it. You know, like if anyone's going to do this, I'm the person who I would want doing it." You know what I mean? Like if this was, if I could give this whole job of, you know, getting the Black Ink pop-up to the Perth Motorcycle Show to someone else, there is no one that I would outsource this to rather than me as far as my first option being, you know, as far as who my first option would be. And there was something so like, there's something powerful in that because, and obviously this is just coming from my point of view, this is how I feel about it. And the reason I say there's something powerful about it is because like a year ago, Black Ink wasn't anything. It was, you know, it was an idea. It was a flash in the pan that was no longer hot. You know, it was just the concept of what Black Ink was, was, you know, probably 50 people around Bunbury kind of semi-remembering that it was a thing. And like, you know, all the other people who of course knew about Black Ink, but don't expect anything of it to ever happen again. And now all of a sudden it's September, 2021. And not only is it a thing, but I'm going to a pop-up to sell shit. That's probably going to sell. And on top of that, there's a, there's a fucking small, uh, I don't wanna say a small army, what can we say? There might be 200 people, 100 people out there that are gonna be at that show who know who I am, but I don't know who they are. So it was something like, I was excited, I was excited and I was nervous because it was like, you're walking into the unknown, but you somehow know that the unknown is gonna be fine. It's gonna be all good. All you have to do is just fucking get there, Do what you know, don't doubt yourself, don't second guess yourself, don't change any of the decisions that you already made, just go with a plan, follow the plan, and play it by ear, you know? And I fucking did, I did, you know? Like, I know it sounds like it's not even that crazy as I say it out loud, it sounds kind of like lame that I'm making it such a big deal, but I really did, like, I barely slept the night before, mostly because I was just like, you know, I, I had already had the plan so well laid out in my head that I just kind of wanted to wake up and start doing it. And weirdly, I was having like nightmares the night before about people stealing my money and people holding me up and just like interesting nightmares, you know, like, and that's, I, I don't know, I mean, that is what it is. But I ended up fucking getting there. Um, long story short, had a brilliant day. I sold half of the shit that I took up there. I met heaps of people that I kind of knew online. Now I'm like, obviously like these people are now my friends because I physically seen them, met them shaking their hand, looked them in the eye, had a conversation with them. I, uh, I met people that like I've never met before that they started following me on the day. Cause they're like, Hey, like what you're doing, I like your style. And like also the kind of cross pollination of hanging out with the riding free boys and all the wheelie guys and hardwired entertainment and just saying like, Oh cool. You guys know each other. Yep. I'll give you a follow. And then like, people who I never anticipated coming down to say hello, coming to say hello just to me. It was such an awesome feeling to have people rock up and be like, yeah man, like Black Ink's first pop-up, how could I miss it? And it's like, of course, I think this is the coolest thing in the world, but seeing other people think that it's the coolest thing in the world, it's like having that passion that's so important to you be important to someone else. You know, people buying something off the rack because they're just like I can't believe that I can see all the black ink ink stuff here physically. I've kind of been looking at this, I wasn't quite sure. Now I've seen it in real life, I definitely want it. And it was just awesome, you know. Um, Obviously, if you went, uh, you would know one of the boys, uh, two of the boys actually came off their Harleys while performing. One of them um, was rushed to hospital, later found out he had a broken back. Obviously, you're in our thoughts and prayers, Kim. Hope everything is going well. and jay came off his harley luckily just has a bit of a road rash on his hip he's got to be just fine his bike is all good as is kim's but um which it's a fucking that that's a hard one you know what i mean because the thing that i feel like uh needs to be said is like we fuck around on our harleys you know what i mean like we do wheelies we do power skids You know, we go for these massive rides, we're doing hundreds of Ks, you know, and also we're fucking around on these $30,000, 350 kilo hunks of metal that are going to bite back on occasion. And it's one of those things where like, I fucking hate seeing my mates hurt. I hate seeing bikes laying on the ground, but it's a harsh reality of what we do. You know what I mean? I like, I've had broken bones. I've got scars on my body from fucking around on motorbikes. And you know, I've come off my Harley that I have now a couple times as well. It's just part and parcel of the deal. You have to anticipate that it's going to happen sometime. It's just fucking unfortunate when it happens in front of a crowd of people. And it's, dude, this is a thing. Like I, like, I was standing right there both times when they came off the Harley. And I mean, I'm a soft cock, man. I wanted to cry both times because I hate seeing friends of mine in any sort of situation. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just fucking terrible. And like... I can't imagine what it was like for my dad when he saw me come off my Harley. You know, my Harley was—I bought my bike 2000. Uh, I bought my my bike at like zero kilometers. I bought it brand new. It just had its 2,000 kilometer service, and we were going out for this long ride. I pulled out into a Tinder section, tried to do a big rolling burnout, hit a wave in the bitumen. The primary case connected, sent the rear wheel up in the air, so that got heaps more speed than what it had in, uh, uh, initially. As it's come back down again, it's just shot the bike off and I've ended up going like, duh, duh, and then flipped off my bike and the bike's kind of tumbled down the road. And I fuckhead, have fuckhead of like, you know, turned into a piece of bloody cooked spaghetti behind it. That must've been insane for him to watch happen. Like I can't imagine, like if I saw him come off my Harley, that come off his Harley, I think that'd wreck me. So seeing your son come off his Harley must be such a bloody, a gut-wrenching feeling, you know? So seeing these boys have that happen to him was a fucking, it was terrible. It really was, but the good news is everyone's still breathing, everyone's bike still operates, everyone's going to be back on their bike, you know, in in good time, and it was going to be fine, so we're all good moving on, you know, but yeah, that besides that, the day went perfectly, um, there was a little bit of rain, there was a little bit of wind, but we fucking, we soldiered through, which was brilliant. On the drive home, you know, I ended up having a bit of a conversation with a few people on the phone, I thought, fuck it, let's hammer out a podcast, see how we go, and I was just on a high. I was just fucking, just here's, how, here's why this is such a big deal and here's how I feel about it. And of course, com- getting to come home and actually properly count like the cash that was in my pocket, how much my f boss facility took, seeing what stock I've got left on the racks, unpacking everything and seeing if anything had any damage and all that. Because you've got to anticipate these sorts of things will happen. And I think like for the first time in a long time, like I went to sleep on Saturday night just feeling good. You know what I mean? Just like, Fuck yes. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. I just needed a fucking. Not that it was a clear win. Because this is the thing if I had sold out of everything and I had cash falling out of my pockets and all the rest, it's a clear win. You can be super stoked about it. The thing about, you know, I took up 40 items and sold 20 of them. The thing about selling 20 of them is it's like, okay, you didn't sell out of everything and I probably didn't sell the things that I thought I was going to sell, but who gives a fuck, dude? You had a guess at what you're going to take up. You took it up and you sold like half of it. That's insane. That's insane. You know? And look, I'll admit, with the money that I made on that, after I like pay my rent, i got a registration to pay. i got some fucking health insurance to pay for. I've got, you know, a uh, 50% deposit that I've got to put down on something that I'm ordering for Black Ink. And I've got to do my usual ordering for the daily orders that I get in. You know, so I have to have all that money. I'm probably down to like 15 bucks again at the end of today. But dude... Who gives a fuck? I'm doing it. I'm in the middle of it. You know what I mean? I'm literally in the middle of it. And the thing that I took away from the Perth Motorcycle Show is very simple. It is a massively good indicator that while it wasn't a big win, I'm on the right track. And that's the biggest thing. That's probably the hardest thing to like manage in this like whole endeavor of going into business for yourself and small business, working out of home, figuring out how to make a brand popular and how to get people on board and how to get more people interested in it and how to keep those old customers is being able to register what you do, what works and what doesn't work, and what things you can hone in on and get them working better for you. And something that I learned about Saturday is I definitely want to do more pop-ups. You know, I definitely just need to take the OG prints and get them in larges and extra larges and like a few crop tops And just fucking pump them because they're the things that everybody wants you know of all the things that i make the original print the box globe the the essentials they're the ones that everyone's going for you know people who have never heard of black ink before going like oh i like this as compared to the thing that i think that's going to do really well everyone goes back to that original print so it's such like a um what i took away from that particular event was more like a how how do you say it? I think I took away from it like confidence. I took away confidence because when people are responding that way to your product and your presence, it's like they're happy with black ink, you know? I didn't have a stall that everyone was just walking past, walking past, peeking in. I had people coming in, looking at the rack, checking it out, having a chat to me giving away some free stickers, doing all the shit. I had that participation from people. So as I said, it gave more integrity to my backbone. It made me happier to push my chest forward and say, this is my brand. What do you want to know? Do you want some stickers? You know, like, dude, if you want a t-shirt and you can't afford it, how much money have you got? Because I would rather you wear a t-shirt, maybe a little bit out of pocket, than this t-shirt sit here and you go home with nothing at all. You know what I mean? I felt like I just got to fucking breathe out a little bit. There is no, like, besides people buying stuff off your website and following you on Instagram and, you know, obviously, like, listens to my podcast, there are, there are no real indicators that your business is doing really well. And the problem is, because there's no one helping me do this, like, when I say no one helping me, like, I physically do everything to do with Black Ink. I make all the decisions, I'm I, you know, I do all the fucking ins and outs, and I every single part of it, but I live in this cloud of black ink. And sometimes it's hard to poke your head out of the cloud and look at it and go like, okay, this is on the right track. This is doing the right thing. So it was just really nice to kind of isolate this experience and go like, right, this is a great indication that black ink is on a path and it's moving forwards. And from here, we can continue to build, you know, and also like, sometimes it's hard to know i think when it comes to like when you when you're um, dividing all your budget up and you're figuring out like right where am i going to spend my money next um what is going to get me my best return for my money and also how do i define what is a really good return for the money that i spend? right because you might go like right you release a new product it costs it costs money you have to get samples you have to test it you have to um see if the audience is going to respond to it and then and also like sometimes With particular things like you might have to buy a hundred of those things on the first order to make it viable so therefore you go like you know there's no one product that I've sold a hundred of so therefore how can I justify buying a hundred of these things and then you might go like right for the same price as buying a hundred I can buy myself a marquee and a banner right so the next time I do a pop-up shop aesthetically I get more brand trust because people go like well this brand is big enough that they have a marquee with their name on it. They have flags. You know what I mean. He's got a chair with black ink on it. He's got stickers. He's got hats. He's got selection. You know what I mean. Or then you go like, well, instead of the marquee and the banner, do I do I get some racks or something so I can better display all the things that I've got for sale? When I say racks, I mean like shelves almost, so you can sit some hats on there and some stickers and some key rings and some scrunchies and this and that and the other. Or do you spend that money on getting a, you know, getting an outsourcing a designer for the next thing that you want to release on a t-shirt or maybe a Jersey or whatever it might be, or do I spend that money on? And it, you know, that continuously goes on. So the point that I was making, i have no fucking idea, of course, but that, that it's funny, you know, because like, as I said at the moment, like I may have $15 left after everything said and done at the moment today. And as I've said in past podcasts, I don't give a single fuck, man. This is the thing. People are scared to have nothing and no money. Dude, as soon as you get over that fear, nothing can stop you. You know what I mean? You're not going to die. You're going to be just fine. And the story that I said on yesterday's podcast that led to me saying this other bizarre shit, the, the analogy that I was using, not the story, is very simple, right? Can you name anything from a thousand years ago confidently right now? no cool so can you name any any like influential person Nah, it's probably not a fair question maybe just can you name an average person who tried to do something just a little bit extraordinary in their point of view from a hundred years ago no cool okay so can you name any average person who tried to do something extraordinary within your lifetime that comes straight to mind right now besides me okay So, why wouldn't you be that person? It doesn't matter. The thing that holds us back most of the time is what people are gonna think about us, not if we try, but if we fail, right? Because the thing is, most people really appreciate trying. Unless you're someone who tries over and over and over and over and you failed over and over and over again. That's the only time someone's gonna see you trying and be like, oh, you're gonna try this again? I thought you were gonna be a doctor. I thought you were gonna be a a police officer. I thought you were gonna be a fucking jockey. I thought you were gonna be a dog trainer. I thought you were gonna be a jiu-jitsu expert. By the way, That was actually realistically someone in my life has tried to be all of those things and now every time he tries something, it's like, hey, bro, cool, go be a volleyball coach. I don't give a fuck what you're trying to do, you know? Anyway, that's not the point that I'm making. What I'm saying is the thing that holds us back is if I try something and if I fail at that thing, what will people think of me? People think I'm a failure, right? Now, this might be surprising, but those people are going to die one day and so are you. And that's the best part. None of this lasts. Actually, It's expiring a lot quicker than what we think, expiring a lot quicker than than what we give it credit for. And also in a thousand years time, no one is going to be talking about you and how you tried and or failed, you know, in a hundred years time, they won't even be talking about you, but, but if you do try something and it does turn into something, then maybe not even in a hundred years time, but maybe in 10 years time, people will talk about you. Oh, he tried, tried. He fucking succeeded. Dude, he's still going. Have you seen him lately? You know what I mean? Like there is literally no point to not try what you think is important, cool or special to you and try and turn it into a business and essentially a lifestyle where you can do the things that you like doing. Because when it comes down to it, even if you fail, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, the people who you're scared of having an opinion of, trust me, they actually don't give a fuck about you. And if they do give a fuck about you so much so that they have, any, have an opinion about your failure, who fucking cares, dude? They have enough free time that they're talking about your failure. Dude, let them jerk themselves off into an oblivion into an oblivion of who gives a fuck. Do you understand? Like, there is no better time to start doing what you want to do other than right fucking now. Dude, it's middle of the day on a Tuesday and I'm talking to a camera. I'm talking to myself on a screen because I made a decision to fucking do something that I wanted to do a while ago. You know what I mean? There's no reason why you cannot wake up to an alarm. There's no reason why you can just spend the day doing the thing that you like doing. Still putting in effort and energy and putting in your best version of yourself, but creating something that actually means something to you. Something where you have... You have some fucking fiber in the game. You know what I mean? Something that, like, you're excited about it doing well or not doing well. You know? And then you can have these little experiences where whatever it is that you might create. Shit, you might go down to the Bunbury markets and have a little stall there with a table, a little fucking hand drawn poster behind you saying, hey, such and such as you know, Creative Cove. And you sell fucking shelves that you painted googly eyes on, you charge $3.50. And maybe the first time you're there, you sell four of them. Fuck, man. You're doing heaps better than when you didn't have a table and no glue and no googly eyes and no shells and no handwritten banner. You're still done the first step, you know what I mean? And I think, not not I think, the bigger point that I'm trying to make here is these small indications, these small little wins that you have, they're the hard thing to focus on when you're in small business, but they're the things that are fucking telling you that this is working. Or they're the things that are telling you that this isn't working, and that you need to change it a little bit if you see real longevity for yourself and this business. You know. I just think it's so exciting that like the more the further away I get from the Perth Motorcycle Show and like I probably should mention that I also got a bunch of little clips on the day and then come Sunday morning I actually released like a little reel on Instagram and it fucking it instantly did really well it pisses me off because it's probably going to be the most viewed thing on my Instagram page and it's going to overlap the video of me Um, and by the way if you don't know this video that I'm about to talk about you need to go and watch it right now I have a video on Instagram that is like, it's my phone in the passenger seat of my car recording me while I drive along, I'm driving, I open the door, I get out of my car on rollerblades, I go for a skate, I do a little loop to loop, I skate backwards, I come up, I do a little loop, and then Louie gets onto my seat and she looks out the door, and then she looks at the window and she looks at me again, and then I skate back up to the car while it's still driving, no one driving it, the door's open, right? I skate back up to the car and then I sit back in the car and get in and close the door. It's got 10,000 views. And that's only because I've shared it like half a dozen times. And every time I get like a new hundred followers, I share it again and let everyone know. And the fucking stupid part is this video has been up for four days and it's got like nine and a half thousand views on it. Crazy, crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm acting like I'm disappointed. I'm fucking stoked. I can't believe that so many people have seen that video that I made. And this is just my personal opinion, but the Perth Motorcycle Show has been sharing everyone's little clips that they made of the day. I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying mine probably got the most amount of views, pr- most probably because other people made theirs over a minute. So it turns into an IG TV thing rather than being a, a real which, you know, fuck man, it's not my fucking fault that people don't know how social media works. And I'm not going to bore you for the end of this fucking podcast talking about why they're not going to get any real views on it. But anyway, not focusing on that. So I made that little clip and that's like, honestly, I've just been my, my growth over the past, like four days since the Perth motorcycle show has just skyrocketed because I think a people had a point of reference of like going like, Oh, that was that stall and that guy from the Perth motorcycle show. And b like obviously having that second bit of um, content that, you know, say if you've come across it on your search feed or someone that you follow has shared it because they're in it or they're interested in what happens in it. Then obviously it's a, um, you know, you go like, oh cool, well I know I know that that person's a real person, I can relate to what that is. It's, you know, it's connectable, it's relatable, so then you follow. So my following is just kind of gone through the roof because of that. So the whole takeaway from the weekend has just been like, you're on track, people like what you're doing, keep focused stay sharp keep moving forward don't let anything fucking interrupt you you know what i mean and you know on that note let's um let's kind of dive away from that a little bit because i feel like i've rabbited on for half an hour about nothing now but on that note i've got this wallpaper that's actually from um ecm which is iCandy candy motorsports run by that troy whatever his name is troy candy his name was instagram i've talked about him on, on the podcast before but my wallpaper is a screenshot of a response that he gave to a question. And I forget what the question was. It was in his stories. And basically, basically he says, look, if you're starting something, you're about to start something, whatever you're going to do, go and do it. And whatever anybody else is doing, don't fucking worry about them, right? Whatever anyone else is doing has nothing to do with you. You just worry about what you're doing and do the best possible version of whatever it is you're trying to create, produce, whatever it is. And that becomes more and more relevant the longer I stay in business. I feel like I find myself referring back to that and like having it as my wallpaper is super handy because, you know, like not only are there other brands trying to do what I'm doing, maybe they started before me, maybe they started after me, maybe they're doing a very similar thing that I'm doing, um, but I've also got like other people that are my age that are doing, that are running online businesses and driving fucking Range Rovers and Teslas, you know, and it's. <laughs> And they're younger than me. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck. But at the same time, nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. It's not comparable. You know, we might be able to learn off each other. Obviously, I might be able to learn a whole heap more of them than what they can learn off me. But to have any time during the day or during the week where I spend you know, especially being negative towards myself or beating myself up that I'm not rendering the same results that they are or that I don't have a Range Rover or that I should have started earlier or I should have fucking fill in the blank is completely wasted. It's completely wasted. There's only one person I need to compare off and it's an earlier version of me. And even then the dude was working with fucking less information, less confidence, less knowledge. So to use him as a point of reference, how the fuck are you going to get credible results? So... I think something that I've really like learned to embrace and I continue to learn this, you know what I mean? This is a really big thing. If You know, going back to that thing, if you can take anything away from this this is a really important thing, what I'm about to say, you're always learning, you're always learning about the things that you already master as well. So when you think you've got a grasp of of something, you're allowed to use that feeling of having an idea of what you're talking about to give you confidence when you talk and act on it. But the point is, you are always a glass half empty, and you can always be filled up to the top. And even when you're filled up to the top, the glass just gets bigger. That means you've now got more area to retain more information because you have a better understanding of the topic it doesn't mean that you understand the topic it means that you are gaining a better knowledge of the topic but there will always be more to learn there'll always be someone out there who's teaching you something and when you understand that concept then you realize that it doesn't matter like when so let's let's use an example of something that i know very deeply that you probably know fucking nothing about right inline speed skating when it comes to inline speed skating Um, Obviously, a lot has changed in the 10 years that I haven't been skating, but I know fucking heaps about inline speed skating. You can put me in with the thick of the top inline speed skaters in the world and I'm going to understand a good percentage of that conversation. I'm going to be able to put my input in, I'm going to be able to explain, sorry not explain, I'm going to be able to give my input about racing, about the gear, about technique, about the mindset, about the history, I know a lot about it. but. Based off what I just said about understanding a topic and how much more you've always got to learn, even though I have such a strong skill set and knowledge and intelligence around speed skating, I understand it is but a drop in the ocean of what is available for a human to know about speed skating. It's not about there's someone out there who knows double what you know. It's just the fact that information is infinite and it doesn't matter what you spend your whole life trying to figure out if even if you choose one thing and stay true to that one thing your whole life you're going to get to the end of your life and still not know half of the shit that there is to know about that thing that's how it works that's the reality of it so now when i look at black ink like this is this ties into part of like this ties into like part of like how infinite i see my imagination or how i imagine how infinite my imagination is and can be is because i understand that it doesn't matter how I see black ink or where I see black ink or what I see the future of black ink to be, the idea is I'm just starting to learn about black ink. I'm just starting to get a grasp of what the fuck it means to wear black ink or to produce black ink or to to be part of this whole thing that seems to be building around me. And in that, I let myself be porous to everything around me. I allow myself to take on the information that you know half of the job is listening to the audience and the customers and hearing what they want and responding to that in a way that you kind of respond to it but you also kind of tell them what is going to be the thing that they want next so I think like when I when I try and have some sort of opinion on something you always have to come in and I feel like I portray this a lot in what I'm talking about on the podcast when I have an opinion about something I definitely try and come from a spot of like, hey, even if, you know, for the sake of, uh, you know, if you wanna play devil's advocate or or if you think I'm wrong or whatever it might be, understand that I'm just coming from my best honest point of view. I'm just trying my hardest to have an opinion on this particular thing, but please know that I'll probably change my mind on this, not even in five years time, I'll probably change my mind on this in five months time, because we're always learning and growing. And I understand that there is No feasible way that I can know everything about this because I know that there is no feasible way that any human can know everything about anything, right? Dude, what the fuck am I even talking about, dude? Fucking stupid. Well, I'll tell you one thing. See this purpose here? I kind of got all excited about it at the start of the podcast here. Let me turn around for you again. I don't know if you can see, but that shit's on a little bit of an angle. I think it's angled this way. Oh, dude, this is stupid. I think it's like... It's like angled like that way, if you understand what I mean. And oh, I was so annoyed because obviously when you get new shit from the supplier, you're all excited and all the rest. I was like, fuck, I can't wait to wear this shirt. And obviously the sample shirts, if you don't know, the sample shirt, which is the first shirt of any run that I get is my shirt. I always get it in a large, super exciting. Um, to be honest with you, like, <laughs> I don't know if uh, many of you know this, but When it comes to black ink, my wardrobe of black ink, you'll be able to tell from all the um, podcasts that I post. And if you listen to these podcasts, you can go on YouTube or even my Facebook page and look at all the um, thumbnails of my videos. You can pretty much see my entire black ink range because all I do is rotate through those five black ink tops that I have on the podcast. And the reason that I only have five of everything that I have on offer is because I quite simply can't afford to have my own products, you know? (laughs) I just can't afford to like, and obviously, it's like, oh, I know, I know, I don't pay full price for them, but because of the nature of my business, like the full price isn't that far off the manufacturing cost for me. So therefore, it's like, essentially, unless I have that spare, however much it is, I, I, I can't buy. And obviously, you know, I've just had the conversation about like, you know, you say you've got a spare hundred dollars to spend on your business. Do you spend it on giving yourself another shirt, or do you spend it on developing a new product? Or do you spend it on something that can help you with your promotion? Or is it something you can spend on advertising? Or is it something that you can spend on development? You know, so it's like the last thing that I want to do is give myself more shirts. The thing that I'm trying to do is give my customers and my audience more things to choose from wear and purchase off me. So I get excited when shit like this happens because I'm like, I fucking love this design. I think this is an awesome design. It's got heaps of meaning behind it. I don't want to get too crazy. Actually, we've got four minutes left. I might be able to talk about the meaning in a second. But more to the point, you know... I. Yeah, made this shirt, got it printed, super excited. First thing I do is I get it out and I'm looking at it, I'm holding it up. I'm like, this doesn't look right. doesn't feel right. And I lay it down on the table. And as soon as I laid it down and it was flat, I'm like, oh, the fucking retard who printed this, just having a day off. You know what I mean? It must have been just after lunch. And that fucking knob jockey has eaten two full sandwiches, full of bullshit. And now he's just in that carb slump. And he can't even think straight. He can barely hold his eyes open. He's that fucking tired because he's had so many carbs for lunch. And now he's just like slip slop and putting the fucking shirt into the thing. And ooh, I thought it was going to fall off and then press the print button. And then it came out and then he didn't check it and he's chucked it in the bag. And then he's just accidentally fallen to the fucking post po- thing. And then it's gone off to the customer. And he's been like, yeah, done a good job today, man. Like. I'm f- sorry, I'm fucking angry because like this supplier, say if I've ordered a hundred products off them, 70 of them have a pro- have a fucking problem with them. It's insane. These cunts are fucking hopeless at doing their job. You know, like so much so that there's, you know, you can add a special instructions thing to every time you order. Every time I order, I say the same shit. Please make sure the prints are finished and not sticky to touch. Please make sure the graphics are in the cor- correct place as per the mock-up. Please make sure that the graphics are put on the right pieces, uh, the right, um, the right garments. You know what I mean? Because like I've got, I've got shit from them where they put the right graphic on the wrong garment. Do you know how fucking stupid you have to be to do that? Like I don't understand. When your whole job is operating a printer, how the fuck do you get that wrong? You know what I mean? And also, it like one of them says like it's as I said. It says please make sure that the graphics are on the garment as per the mock up. Now. I don't know how you accidentally get it on such a fucking wild angle and then also don't check it after you're done and somehow it still makes it into the bag with the rest of the shit. I just don't fucking get it. Obviously, they have a procedure where shit like that just happens. You know what I mean? Shit like that just happens. And I'm about fucking a month away from being able to say who these motherfuckers are. And as soon as these guys aren't doing anything for me, trust me, I'm going to throw them under the bus so fucking hard because they've just, they've wound me up so much. Every time I open something up for them, it should be an exciting thing, but it's holding my breath until I find the fuck up that they've made in there. And it's like, oh yeah, cool. We'll get you a print. We'll print you another one. Get it out straight away. Dude, it's not the fucking point. If you added up all the days that I've had to wait for the fuck-ups that you've had to mail back to me, that shit equals well over two months. And I've only been in business for eight months. So what the fuck? You know what I mean? What the fuck are you doing? I know they're not listening to this. I'm just getting emotional because I'm in this room by myself for no reason. I thought, why not get red in the face? That's going to be my fucking hobby today, you know? So the point that I was making was... I get this shirt, I get all upset about it. I email them, I call them some names and they say, yeah, cool, we're gonna replace it, all good. And I thought, well, what do I do with this shirt with the fucking, with the angle print on it? Well, I don't know, I don't know. But one thing I do know is black ink's gonna be huge one day, you know what I mean? Black ink's gonna be real big. At the moment, I'm doing everything that I have to do to get black ink to that stage. So it's kind of like, I feel even silly saying it. I should just like show you and realistically for the 15 people who made it 44 minutes into my podcast, the 37th one that I've released, like I can probably just be real with these guys because you're the real motherfuckers who are actually following the story. Um, I thought blacking is going to be huge. And if I was a customer who got the one purpose T, the first one that was printed, that was never officially sold because it was printed on an angle and I scored that somehow That would be worth something to me now ask me a week ago whether this is something that i actually like what's the word is this something that i actually think is a possibility that someone values black ink enough to have that relationship with that particular garment a week ago i would have said fuck no right and the interesting part about that was a week ago again again i had another print from these guys that when they made it i mean Yeah, when they made it, somehow there was a fuck up in the graphic that I supplied and they must have just been resizing it on the fucking, on the designer that they use. And instead of holding shift where you scale things and it like, it all kind of like, you know, if it's this big, then it keeps on going. So the whole thing looks right. Instead of just dragging one part, then it just gets taller. And that's what they've done. They've dragged one part of the logo. So instead of the whole thing getting bigger, it's just got taller. So of course, completely fucking obvious that it's the wrong print, but all good all good. And I've only had like, I don't know, fucking 80 of these things printed before on hoodies and, and shirts and crop tops and all the rest. So, Hey, who the fuck am I to complain? Because it's a fairly easy mistake to make, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought, fuck, I, I wasn't happy. And I'm and like the crazy part was the person who ordered this particular tee is like, he's a good mate. And I didn't want him to be wearing, I don't want anyone to be wearing this shirt because I'm like, it doesn't properly represent black ink. You know what I mean? So I say to him, I'm like, dude, I'm really sorry, it's gonna be another week away. I'm gonna org- here's what's happening, I'm gonna organise another one for you, I'm gonna send it to express, you're gonna have it, it's gonna be great, you're gonna have stickers, you're gonna to wanna to jerk me off, it's all good. So I take this shirt that's got the stretch print with it to the Perth Motorcycle Show. One of my hardcore OG fans finds it and he goes, Dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, man, you're not gonna believe it. I tell him the story and he's like, How much do you want for it? I'm like, Are you serious? He's like, Yeah, man. So this shirt's a fifty dollar shirt. I said to him, like, well, obviously because I got it remade, I essentially got it for free. You know, little scene how the sausage is made there, but essentially I got it for free. So I said, man, if you want it, if it means something to you, have it for 20 bucks. And like could not get $20 out of his wallet quick enough. And he buys this shirt and he fucks off. So then I was thinking last night, I'm like, oh, I have this shirt that I don't think is any good, but it's part of the story. You know what I mean? And like, kudos to the motherfucker who ends up with this shirt, because now it's also the shirt that was worn on episode 37. Now, I posted... The quickest story of me fucking just twirling it around saying, hey guys, this is a shirt that I got. One of the prints is a little bit on an angle. So if you want it, it's a one of one. Hit me up. I am going to release this shirt eventually. Obviously, the prints are going to be right. But if you want this particular one, let me know. It's a large. Hey, when I say I got seven response on that story within five minutes, I'm not fucking joking. Now, I did some other bullshit until I got just about in the mood to record this podcast. Didn't check Instagram again. So I'm guessing by the time I go back to Instagram shit, I might be up to 10 responds. you know what I mean? Like, people that are messaging me saying, hey, I want that shirt. So, by the way, the person who did end up getting it, the person who was the first to message was Bowie. Bowie's a real motherfucker. He's the one who, like, he won the fucking jersey giveaway. He was the first one to jump on the socks. So he is by far someone who deserves to have the first purpose tee that is misprinted and, you know, given away for a steal. So... Congratulations, Bowie. I'm going to fucking take some modeling photos in this. I'm not going to get it too sweaty and then I'm going to send it your way if you're listening to the podcast. So, But yeah, also, I, I know I've already gone over my time limit, but let's talk a little bit about the purpose tee. So the reason that I went for the purpose this time, now if you're not following um, all the teas, because the thing is, like, if you look at the teas that I have on offer, there's a very big line in the gap. So don't think of the jerseys or anything, just think t-shirts. Now I have black tees with white prints white tees or black prints and then i have black and white tees that have full color prints now obviously this is a black tee with a full color print it's got the orange and the purple and the blue and the back has got all sorts of fucking different colors on it blah 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 all of those shirts have a little bit of a meaning behind them those meanings align perfectly to where the stage where where i was and where black ink was at the time of manufacture of that shirt at the time of production so this all starts with the Ascension T. Now the Ascension T. if you don't know what Ascension means, it's like you think of like dissension and ascension. Ascension means rising up. And obviously like it has on there these prayers. It has a uh, a graphic of Jesus on the back coming forward. It's got uh, a few little kind of, um, what do you call them, coded messages in it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the cool thing about the Ascension Tea is it was talking about, for me, that represented like finally black ink was coming to a spot where it like i kind of put all the pieces together and it was just starting to happen by itself it was like it was just starting to come up out of the ashes and finally turn into what black ink wants to turn into it was just kind of like i was there kind of coaxing it on and encouraging it to do its thing and that's how that whole um what would you say like that whole idea got generated and then between me and my designer came up with this fucking super cool semi-religious ascension based tea that landed super well. It sold really well. Heaps of people were about it. Um, you know these full color tees because they're two prints and full color. They're sixty dollars tees, which is the most cost efficient I can do them for. They flew off the shelves. I'm not going to say flew flew off the shelves because I don't have shelves and I don't hold stock. But metaphorically flew off the shelves. Um, following that, now I'm. Um, I'm literally already having trouble remembering what the order was. But I think I did the work in progress T, which then has all these, again, it has all these little coded messages. That's the white T that has the blue faces on it. It's got a front and back print. It's got things like, um, you know, progress is 114% complete from Bunbury WA, copyright or all rights reserved. So this is right around the time that I trademarked Black Ink as a... um, I, you know, trademarked as a, I got my Black Ink, I got my, my label, my brand, my name, Black Ink trademarked. So this was talking about like right now, I like at that point, I was just busy putting in the hours, doing all the kind of bullshit stuff that wasn't even really that fun. It was just like the essentials of like starting a small business and like making sure your T's are dotted and your I's are crossed and all the rest. And the work in progress, tea just kind of um, elaborated on this idea that I'm one person with all these different faces and minds coming together to create this thing, but it's not created. It's being created. It is a work in progress. You know what I mean? Then there was the, uh, the law tea, which it's one of those ones, you know what I mean? Like, So on the law tee, that's the one that's got the black ink on the front in blue. And then on the back, it's got the three pit bull terriers. And then it's got um, break the law, follow the rules. And basically what this tee talks about is that was when I started to realize that black ink, black ink, like you have this beautiful opportunity when you go into business for yourself to decide who your audience and who you're going to sell to to a certain extent. Obviously, you kind of let go of the reins a little bit and see who's gravitated organically towards you. But the thing that I was realizing is I can really put in specialized effort into how I post, when I post and what I post as to who's going to respond. And the thing about that is you really want to start how you want to finish. So if I start posting shit that's all lifestyle-esque and, you know, people with fucking nicely trimmed facial hair and like beautiful girls and this and that and the rest. It's like, that's what you've got to adhere to because you're going to bring in an audience based off the things that you're posting. And you're going to have to service that audience with the same sort of content because they only followed you because that's the sort of stuff they like. And I kind of had this come to moment where I'm like, Oh, I like riding motorbikes. I like doing burnouts. I like doing wheelies. I like hanging out. i like, you know, doing, I don't like drinking, but I like riding pub to pub to pub to pub and having a beer here and there and doing doing all the rest. And I realized That in this community of people, in this community, essentially of like, it's mostly guys, they all have this unwritten rule book. They've all got this, like this code that everyone follows. And like, I don't even want to vocalize any of them on, on film or on video because it takes away from it. But the one thing I realise is most of these people, most of my audience, and probably the people listening to this podcast, don't give a fuck about the law, but they care about the rules. These are people who are quite happy to not once or twice, but regularly break the law. But there are rules that they will never think about breaking. Never think about breaking, you know? Now, the, I, the iconography or the, sim, the symbolism of the three dogs means nothing. It's more in the words. Break the law, follow the rules. Because I felt like this spoke directly to my audience. And if not anyone else, it spoke directly to me. Because in all honesty, like whether or not it's going to be damaging to me in the fucking future. And also don't forget that these podcasts are 100% for entertainment purposes. And everything I talk about is of course made up on the spot and doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean it's how I feel or how I act. But with that said, what the fuck is the law? What is the law? Is there a book with all the laws in it that like we're all given when we're children? And it's like, Hey, here's all the laws for where you live. You know, And even that, you're telling me that there's a different law here from fucking 8,000 kilometers that way? You're telling me there's a different law if I change states? I don't even have to change countries and there's a different law. There's things that I can get away with here that I can't get away with there and vice versa. And also, it tends to be that you don't even know that certain things are laws until you're breaking it, being prosecuted for it. Most of the things you don't realize how important that law is or why it's important. They put more energy, and when I say they, I'm talking about the fucking, the, the judicial and police and all, you know, that system. They put more effort into prosecuting people once they've broken the law than educating people on why, what it is and why it's there. So in my eyes, you're going to tell me that this group of people who elect themselves to make it their job, to make sure that other people are following the law? Hey, hey, come close. Fuck you, Okay? There are rules, and the rules are agreed upon by the people, and we follow the rules, and sometimes people break the rules, and you know what we do? We deal with them ourselves, but as far as your law goes, you can go, fuck yourself. You go, fuck yourself. Are you going to tell me that I can't go through a red light when nobody else is around at one o'clock in the morning? You want me to follow your little fucking robot with lights? Who the fuck are you? What does it mean? And then you're going to take away demerit points, which is something you gifted me when I got my license. You're going to take them away because I broke your rules. Oh, okay. Trust me. The only reason that anybody gives the fuck about the law is because you can take away our freedom if we don't follow it. That's the only reason. If there was no serious repercussion like that, the law would be something that would be laughed at. And here in Australia, the only reason that we really give a fuck about the law is because we can't protect ourselves if something happens. You know what I mean? And the reality is most police officers are just the cunts that got picked on at school. Hmm. How about that? How about that? How about that? (laughs) Anyway, I probably said too much for entertainment purposes. I probably fucking shot myself in the foot here, but it's all good. It's all good, because maybe I've given you something to think about. More to the point, this purpose top, is representative of the fact that I realise that there is a purpose. And you know where it came from? It came from that conversation I was talking to uh, the podcast, I was talking to you about on the podcast, I was talking to my friend Steve, and I forget exactly what it was. Hang on, let me think. He said, okay, so he said that um, we were talking about the um, comparative, like he lives in Victoria, I live in WA. And we're talking about how we're handling our like, how he was handling a sort of depressive state, given the fact that he's on lockdown and he can't leave his house. And if he does leave his house or apartment, it's only to go to work or to do something essential and then back again. And I was saying that I've been so busy with black ink and everything that is black ink and everything I'm trying to develop in my business that I literally don't have time to focus too much on anything that's really happening in the world. And he says, yeah, you've got this purpose in your life that is acting like a ski rope pulling you along through all the negative bullshit of being a human in 2021. And I just love that analogy about about having this purpose that was this thing that I was holding on to that was propelling me into the future rather than just like looking around and going like, oh, life's pretty shit at the moment. The world's kind of fucked. I don't know how to feel about it. You know what I mean? Like I love the way he worded it. It just made me feel like, not only did I feel like I had a purpose, I felt like I understood what purpose was a little bit more. And the fact that like this idea, this this thing on the front, this kind of wizard who's, you know, like just walking into the abyss, you know what I mean? Like just walking into the abyss and all he has is a light that he creates himself. And even then it's just a, it's just like, if it wasn't for him, there would be no, there would be no walking. There would be no light. It's like this purpose is this, like, it's a greater reason for existing, you know? And then, and then on the back, having the, the graphic where it's like showing that, you know, Everything that goes on within our mind is what we control. And with what we control, we can decide where we're going. And that can be our ultimate kind of our our guiding light, the missile that is ahead of us, that we're just in the wake of while it keeps going, we're just keeping up with it, you know? I love this Purpose Top. I love the colors in it, I love the meaning behind it. And obviously, like again, man, who the fuck cares what it means? It just looks cool, you know? Now look, I've gone, dude, this is my first hour podcast. This is my first hour podcast. How's that, Bao? Well, you got the shirt that I wore on my first hour podcast. That's sick. I'll tell you what, after this one, I'm sorry if I dilly-dallied around a little bit at the start there. I always find that I find my feet in the last like half an hour rather than the first, which makes sense. You know what I mean? You kind of got to warm up. I usually come into these super hot. And yesterday I came to the podcast so hot that I just fucking went so far off the deep end with my analogies. It wasn't at all worth even trying to post, trying to make work because it's just like, oh... Dude, you can't say that people with cancer need to try harder, you know? (laughs) Stupid. Okay, guys, my name is Jake Kerr. This is a Black Ink podcast, episode number 37. I'd like to thank you for joining me today. If you don't already, please like and subscribe on YouTube, jump on Instagram, give me a follow, like all of my posts, comment all of my posts, save all of my posts, help me out, get me in the algorithm, get your boy up there. Um, jump on Facebook, chuck me a like. I post everything that I, I do with my podcast on there. So if you'd like to keep up with that, don't forget, I've also got the BX podcast page on Instagram, which is at BX podcast. I post little fun clips on that. It's got like 200 followers. It's doing absolutely pathetically. It's not the point. You can go on there and follow it. Obviously. Oh, and by the way, my TikTok fucking blew up. I had like a week and a half off not posting anything on there. And I got like an extra 150 followers, which takes me to like 650 and one of my videos got like 20,000 views on it. So piece by piece, I'm starting to get a little bit more fucking notoriety on the on, in the online world. And obviously like, you know, 20,000 views is nothing. It's nothing in the sea that is the internet. It is not even half a drop. So I'm still excited about it. I don't give a fuck. It's pretty cool. Anyway, be good to your mom. Do something nice for someone today and I'm fucking out here. Yeah.